Cage Club, two fans, almost 100 movies, one cage. This is episode 105, Jiu-Jitsu from 2020. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. Mike, this is our first Cage Club we have recorded remotely in a long time. We had been doing these in person, but now we are still in pandemic, still in quarantine. But we are graced, blessed by a new Nicolas Cage movie. The streak continues. We were worried for a while because every year since 1981, he has released something. And we were nearing the end, you know, 40 days or so left in the year. But we got this. We might got even more like The Croods 2. He's out in some form. There might be other ones that drop. If we could weather this storm, I think the streak will continue until he is gone. Yeah, I feel like they're saving up for next year in a way that a lot of movies sort of didn't come out this year. Uh, I think Cage might have a few of those in his pocket as well. But I think we recorded that entire streak last year in person, which was impressive for not just Cage, but us. Like getting up together that much uh, consistently was cool. Yeah, I was a little worried that we would miss him this year, but... It's so great that, that we got a new cage to help us weather the storm, and possibly Crudes too. so I'm excited. So this movie is getting savaged online. At one point, I don't know if it's still true, it had a Metacritic score of 6, and I was like, at 6 out of 100 people, if you don't know, not 6 out of 10, but 6 out of 100. Oh, okay, I, that meant that meant like nothing to me. I was like, what is the Metacritic score again? And then, okay, 100. So the way that Rotten Tomatoes works is that if it has a 6 on Rotten Tomatoes, that means that 6% of reviewers think it's a good movie that they gave it like a passing grade but on metacritic that means the average rating is a six out of a hundred got it i was expecting like the worst movie that's ever been made then you look at the wikipedia and they have like the reception or the release or whatever section on every movie and it paints the rosiest picture like they had cherry picked every positive review and they were like oh okay so it's like wildly different like Tale of two movies, almost. Then I watched the movie, and, you know, it's not my favorite Nicolas Cage movie, but it's pretty good. We'll talk about it. But I was just like, I, don't, I wonder, like, it's neither of those two extremes. I think from what I understand, the public is upset at this movie because the trailer offered something, which I don't, I don't know what the trailer was. The trailer offered something much more and different from what we got. That's not what actually wound up happening here. Yeah, I think I could speak on that for a minute because I did watch the trailer and all I knew about this movie was the cast, you know, like Tony Jaa was going to be in it. So I was like, great, there's going to be lots of cool fighting and stuff. And like Frank Gorillo's there. So I was like, all right, action. I like Crossbones. He's cool. And Cage, of course. It's like, how can this go wrong? You know, it's called Jiu-Jitsu. So I just assumed it was about like a martial arts tournament or, or something like that or like something in the way of blood sport, maybe. And, and it kind of is. It's a cross between like Mortal Kombat and something else. But then I watched the trailer and I was like what the fuck is this like this is not at all what I thought it was gonna be this is and look I'm not gonna bury the lead this is Predator like they basically made a Predator movie and that blew my mind I was not expecting that at all so that actually got me a little more pumped for watching this because I was like now what's gonna happen like how did they craft this thing like what is going on I'm watching the trailer now, and, like, it's not misleading, I don't think, because everything, it's not like they're doing things in the trailer that aren't in the movie. But before we go further, Mike, could you please, as best you can, uh, recap this movie, summarize this movie for people who have not watched it. What is Jiu-Jitsu about? Okay, so we actually get this exposition dump, like, several times throughout the movie. I got it down uh, by the end of it. Every six years, a comet will appear above planet Earth, and in a secret ancient temple in Burma, a portal to another world will open up and out will come Brax, an extra-dimensional warrior here to challenge Earth's mightiest hero. He is also visited the planet millennia ago and brought us the gift of jujitsu, where he trained humans and earthlings to pass that knowledge along on generation to generation so that he may come back and challenge the worthy. This movie starts with Jake, not from State Farm. Every time I said, every time. I texted this to you last night, but I don't watch commercials. I only watch stuff on TiVo or like streaming or whatever. So like, I'm just exempt of commercials in my life. And yet Jake from State Farm is so ingrained in my brain. I don't know how just like cultural permeation that every time they said Jake in this movie, I was like from State Farm, like out loud, because I don't think you can do that name anymore. I think that name is gone. Happened to me too. Jake has a real sort of Jason Bourne situation going on. He was fished out of a river by Cage. He's got amnesia. He gets 
taken in by the military. Jake's buddies break him out like Tony Jaw does this prison break. He meets up with his little team of... I don't know what you would call these guys exactly, but he's got sort of like a gang of martial arts friends. They almost remind me of like the Ninja Turtles because one's got a bow staff, one's got nunchucks, one's got like knives and stuff. They take him to Cage or he, he runs into Nick Cage and Nick Cage has faced Brax six years ago. The bottom line is Brax is here to fight Jake. All of Jake's buddies try to face down Brax to sort of stop him or be worthy as well, but he slices them down one by one. Brax and Cage face off in an amazing fight scene. It goes on and on. There's so many fight sequences in this movie. Eventually, Brax and Jake's face down in the temple in front of the portal where Jake stuffs a grenade into Brax and shoves him through the portal where he explodes and saves the Earth for another six years. The end. Right off the bat, six years, not enough time in between cycles. Like, that is, like, it should be every, like, 150 years, or at least, like, every 25 years. But, like, six years, because, like, in this movie, they're like, see you next time. It's like, no, you guys shouldn't be the ones fighting them every time. Like, you should, it should be, like, your children or your children's children. It's a weird, like, this whole grand thing, we'll see you in six years. It's like, what? And my other big confusing thing is that the way this is set up, and you even referenced the movie in your summary, is I thought it was going to be, like, a Mortal Kombat-esque tournament where they're like okay you send your nine best warriors and we're gonna fight but it's just like throughout the movie whenever he runs into one whenever the alien runs into a guy it's like okay we're, this is where we're fighting it's like wait i thought this would be more formal yeah that was too bad too as well because it's like the temple cool we're gonna get like stages like in a fighting game in the backgrounds and stuff but no most of it is just predator for the most like they're out in the jungle they don't really you know have much going on here as far as resources perhaps and everything so i mean there's some fun little digital map paintings of temple and things like that. I guess they could have gone further with that. So this is based on a comic book. Oh, okay. So that explains a lot as well because there's digital comic book representations of frames of this movie turned into pages and they flip along every once in a while. And that really got me invested in, in, in the mood more. So the guy who directed this, Dimitri Logothetis, he wrote and directed Kickboxer Retaliation. He wrote, but did not direct Kickboxer Vengeance. He co-wrote this movie with this guy, Jim McGrath. And the two of them supposedly, according to the internet, wrote a comic book in 2017 called Jiu-Jitsu, which was this story. And so that's why they're doing the comic book thing, because it already existed as a comic book. So the guys who wrote the book wrote this it works, it's cool, but it's also a little weird. Like, I liked it, but I was like, I don't know why this is happening, but I also didn't mind it, because I think it worked. It just, it almost wasn't in there enough for me. Like, it could have been more, I think. Yeah. You know what this also reminded me of, too? The type of comic books from, like, Image Comics, like the extreme radical comics of the 90s with, like, Rob Liefeld and stuff and Todd McFarlane. Like, it plays like reading one of those at times, where it's just a bunch of mercenaries out on a mission to fuck shit up. And, like, you know, if you have amnesia, no one's going to tell you your past. It's just going to be like, come on, Jake, don't you you remember me bro and it's like i don't know who you are it's like you will man you will it's like just explain it to him it's like no that's not important like we're just gonna get to the ass kicking like that's what everybody's buying the ticket for pretty much and and i got into that vibe like it almost started playing like like a canon movie or something like that like canon films where it was like a chuck norris thing at times with just special effects that were all right i mean it's gotta suck to fight in one of those suits again reminded me of like the ninja turtles where like short martial artists had to fight in those suits and stuff the guy who plays brax he's doing his best i really liked the design of the alien i thought it was really cool and for how bad the cgi and blood spatter is in this movie the alien itself at least until he like showed his face under the blue thing but like when he's just in like kind of video game form like i've seen that kind of robot in video games but like i thought it was a very cool aesthetic and a cool look and something that like wasn't a direct ripoff of you know predator which obviously he's got the heat vision and i feel like it could have been lazier like i almost would have expected it to be lazier but it's actually like a legitimately cool i don't know if you liked it as much as i did but like it seemed like a unique new kind of alien or combatant or foe yeah i dug brax like and i'm gonna just keep calling him that because they call out his name so much like it just they should have just called the movie brax Sure. Like, jujitsu is very misleading because I don't even think he does jujitsu. He uses, like, swords and weapons and stuff. But I, I did enjoy the alien. The only thing I wished was going on more was a little more of, like, uh, it was a very monochromatic. Like, he was all very gray. I wish, like, there was just more color to him. However, I loved, like, the steam where he would, like, sort of, like, puff steam or something. Yep. I don't know. That 
that was. It was cool that he's sort of like a Wolverine. He regenerates and shit. Like, he's just an unstoppable killing machine kind of thing. Like, the Predator wasn't. You know, he was just really tough and, like, had high tech. But, like, yeah, it was cool. And I didn't... I actually did like his face. I was hoping he'd take his helmet all the way off because it, it does look a little like he's smushed against the glass. Yeah. But that kind of reminded me, again, of comics of, like, Jack Kirby designs of, like, the old stuff from, like, the 60s and 70s, where it's just very stylized aliens. He almost had a dark side kind of face look to him if you know dark okay, side. Okay, yeah, yeah, I do know dark side. Yeah. Yep. And he had the double mummy eye, if you notice that, like from yes. the new mummy. So mm. yeah, I agree. I thought he was pretty cool. I think the gray worked for me because I think when he gets slashed or sliced or puffs out the blue or he's got the orange, I guess when he's regenerating, like those colors popped more. I don't I don't know. Like I just was so pleasantly surprised. My friend had started watching this and he turned it off. Well, how do I want to say this? He has not seen as many bad movies as we have. He was just like, I can't, like this is off, like the CGI is terrible, whatever. And so not having seen the alien or not having seen the movie yet, I was like, oh, I'm expecting everything to be bad. And when, you know, there's the blood spatter or there's the throwing stars, I'm just like, oh boy, this is not great. But then like the alien shows up, I was like, oh, like maybe because it's practical, maybe because it's an actual suit. But like, I was very pleasantly surprised and relieved because like he's on the he's on screen for probably half an hour. And if it looked bad, it would have been awful. Yeah. And it had to be practical pretty much because there's a guy in there. Like you want to see, like a lot of this movie is about the fighting. Like I mentioned, there's some stuntmen in it. And you know, look, I've been watching a lot of like stuntmen react videos too, and things like that. And you know, these guys get a, get their friends together and make movies just like everyone else. And there's just so much fighting and all that going on. Like you couldn't track this guy in a mocap suit for you know, this type of production or anything. And I think that they came down on like a really good compromise. This is very practical and also in the sense that like it doesn't like fuck with your vision at all or anything. You can tell exactly who he is, what's going on, like everything on his body and stuff. And like that's very helpful and things. And I agree. I like when he grabs a guy by the head and and it sort of like starts glowing, you know. So maybe I'm coming around a little more to his his colorization as well. Like he does stick out against a lot of the forest too, you know. Like it's really easy to see him against the backgrounds and stuff. Uh, So maybe that was a thing as well. When he's not invisible, that is, just like the Predator. But there was some wonky CGI in here. You know, I did, I I was a little worried at the very beginning when those throwing stars were going at the screen and stuff. And like, you could just tell they were, they were definitely put in after because like the guy from My Name is Earl is just not dodging them. They're just flying like right by his head and things like that. So, uh, but like I definitely settled in and ended up having a really good time. I want to give this movie credit that like, there's not a lot of quick cutting. I mean, when you don't hire Tony Jaw and Frank Grillo and this guy Alan Moosey, the guy who plays Jake from State Farm. He's he was in the kickboxer movies too. I think he was the star of those. Oh wait, can you just refer to him and in the name that you dubbed him last night? Oh, Jake Jitsu. Jake Jitsu. I don't think you hire these guys and then mask the, the the martial arts. Like you hire people. Like if you have a cast full of Nicolas Cage's, not that he's you know ostensibly bad at martial arts because he did train in jujitsu under Royce Gracie. He also trained in Wing Chun, karate, and Jeet Kune Do. And uh, his son Weston also trained in jujitsu. So like Cage put in the effort, but he's also you know 60 years old almost, right? He's like 55, 56 years old. So if you have a movie full of Cages who are who put the work in but aren't like you know, a martial artist in a movie, then maybe you do like quick cuts and don't show up. But like they're letting Tony Jaw do his thing. They're letting Frank Gorilla do his thing. They're letting this main guy, Jake Jitsu, do his thing. But the camera, I feel, is not like the camera's never in the right spot. And I don't know if you had that too. I think by the end, when there's the sword fights, it's better. But like when there's the breakout and stuff, like we're just kind of trailing. Also, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in the movie, and not in a good way necessarily, is that when they break Jake Jitsu out, the camera goes like first person point of view from his and he's like fighting and I'm like oh that's kind of cool that's like that hardcore Henry movie right 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 but then he gets hit and the camera falls to the ground and then we see him fighting it's like wait you can't be his point of view and then also have the camera fall to the ground it's like is he carrying a camera did you catch up did I misinterpret that what is that oh my god I, I had to mute myself during that because I was I was just like laughing hysterically because I had the exact same issues like overall like this kind of plays like like a reel right like this is something these guys made so they could like show yeah someone else and get hired off of this to do like a major hollywood movie or something like that although this had a 28 million dollar budget okay you know it's not 200 million dollars like it's not deadpool or not atomic blonde right okay it's pretty respectable. All right, I was not aware of that. But it still plays like a reel at times, you know? Where, yeah. and, and I think I did have 
definite issues with the camera work because I want to see the action plain and simple. And they did this very intense running gun. Again, I'll reference Jason Bourne because they took some of those story elements with the amnesia guy. You know, he could just defend himself and do Kung Fu. And he's like, I know Kung Fu. It's like, what's going on? How did I learn these skills? And so they took that with the running gun action camera thing way too far. Like Jason Bourne will cut after like five or 10 impact hits. And so will like an old school Shaw Brothers movie. Like they don't just keep going. Like it's exhausting. It gets boring, I dare say. Like if they had just cut these shots in half three or four times, it would have been dope. Uh, And then that POV hardcore Henry thing, I was like, oh shit, this is going to be awesome. But then he like drops the camera. I'm like, does he have two heads? I was like, what's happening here? This breaks too many rules of filmmaking and like it starts to just like make your head hurt too much because that was such a great idea I was like yeah Hardcore Henry is an awesome movie um, I'm surprised they didn't get nauseous watching that thing they, they pulled that off so definite camera problems for sure too intense like trying to match the action instead of complement it you know instead of the camera just sort of sitting back and being still right and then watching the kinetic action on film they tried to match it and it just both suffer due to that but you're right I think by the end of the movie when they start getting into weapons and cave and stuff like that and like more stunt doubles and actors and things they they sort of pace themselves a lot better in the fighting because like when they go when they switch to the first person it's like oh we don't need this but i'm like okay like i'm on board like i'll see where you're going movie and then it's the camera drops and i'm like what are you, you're saying you know you don't it's it's too much like so strange it's almost like two different kinds of action like there's like like that is not the crouching tiger hidden dragon like on wires but it's closer to that kill bill does both right like there's kill bill like there's the like mm-hmm. the bride versus oren versus you know bride versus the crazy 88s right like it's kind of both like the extremes where it's like it's frenetic versus very calm and like you're able to pull it off if you do it right but it does feel like two wildly different movies like a military movie and then a samurai movie i don't know the movie ever reconciles the two wildly different seemingly tones because it's like he shows up he's got these innate abilities that he doesn't know that he's kind of unlocking when you know people confront him he just battles them right and yet it seems like it's just a normal guy with the military and then by the end it's like oh no he's like a these like you said in your intro your, your your recap like he's the chosen one sort of right that cage says that the alien wants you to go last because he respects you the most it's like oh okay but it just feels like and maybe that's the amnesia part of it and maybe that's excusable for that way but it feels like two different movies yeah and i think that's what makes kill bill so unique and special is that tarantino's able to find a balance and this movie is very unbalanced because there's too much there's just too much fighting like it's cool don't get me wrong but like it's like every other scene there's a fight and and it gets to the point where it's not plot action it's just random fighting action for the sake of it really to be like look at i could do this cool move and i can we can do this weird thing with the camera where it it does a 360 or whatever we've got all these tricks to display but it's too much fighting and the other part is like the story doesn't balance it out because every time we go back there they're adding on exposition making it more confounding and confusing and changing it and switching it you know it's like first Brax just comes to earth to fight then he brought jujitsu and so we're just gonna shit all over the legacy of the jujitsu martial arts in reality you know like the legacy the the millennia that jujitsu has existed now it all belongs to like this alien that came to earth like there's something weird and disrespectful about that for a bunch of martial artists to like kind of take that point of view i was like this is very strange and taking me out of it a little more and then the alien like doesn't even do jujitsu as far as i could tell he uses like swords and weapons and stuff and things and i don't know it became very confusing and very you know mixed up and stuff so yeah there's the definite lack of balance but that's not to say i wasn't having fun no it's a fun movie again like just trying to reconcile the two different like reactions online like i sent you the thing like matt lynch who is you know one of the more popular i think letterboxers he's he's a reviewer for screen crush maybe he's for a fairly big film site but he's like if you can't have fun with this movie i don't want to talk to you like basically it might not be good but you can enjoy it and there's a lot of good stuff here and there's people that you're hiring for this reason and it's going well like and i agree with that for the most part but then there is to the other point that you just made there's the reaction of like are we just going to throw the history of jujitsu to the wind the people complaining about like the white savior that nicholas cage's character is like is the be all end all jujitsu master which kind of is that but it's it's i feel like it's not that kind of last samurai or like what people criticize last samurai with cruise where it's like oh he's a better samurai 
samurai than Ken Watanabe, it's like, no, it's not that. I mean, that's part of it, but it's like what you said, the aliens just like, oh yeah, you know, all that Asian history and mythology and tradition, like that all didn't happen. It's actually alien. It's like, wait, what? What? That's That seems yeah. almost worse. Because it's not even like, again, this might get muddied, but like, at least if there's like a white savior, it's still like mankind. If you can, you can see it like in unification, like we did this, there's this shared history here or whatever. But then here, just like, oh no, there's just an alien that's just like, oh no, we, we just we brought that. You're welcome. It's like, wait, well, you're taking away in two different ways. Yeah, I think of like that Hayden Christensen movie he did, right? Outcast. Yeah. Outcast. And like, that was pretty successful. But, you know, you go back and watch it and I was like, oh yeah, that's he's a total white savior, like Hayden Christensen. Like, you know, he's such a pretty white boy. But yep. but for some reason, that movie like worked, or at least I enjoyed it and, it and that didn't get in the way. But here, it just like kicks you right in the face. That didn't help. And I think the part of it is like, you just don't need to add that shit. Like, if Brax just came to Earth, like, you know, to fight and hold a tournament or whatever, that's fine. Like, you don't have to trace him back to any specific sort of cultural touchstone right. or anything. Like, did he invent rock and roll too? Let's talk about Nicolas Cage. Let's talk about the the man himself. He shows up like 10 seconds in and then disappears for about 40 minutes. He shows up again for real 40 minutes in, right? Like, if I get that right? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. He plays Wiley. Right? The only name I can tell you from this movie is Jake from State Farm. Yeah, it's Wiley, like Wiley Coyote. Okay. So he is channeling, I think he has admitted as such, I mean, it's he's he looks like him, but he's channeling Dennis Hopper from Apocalypse Now. Like, that's just what he's doing in this movie. Like, that's just, he's playing a character, but he's also just being Dennis Hopper. Yeah, I only really picked up on that in one sequence when they were walking. Because when you first meet him, Jake Jitsu falls down a rabbit hole because he's being chased by Brax, and it turns out to be Cage's little hovel, like his little grotto, that, like it's where he lives. And they have like this <laughs> really fun fight. And so you can't really gauge the impression during those moments. But then there's another scene where he's like explaining like everything. And he's like, look, man, you don't get it, man. And it's like full on with the bandana and like the fatigues. And, and it's like, yeah, ripped right from that movie. I just wish it was maybe con- more consistent because later on, I I don't feel it as much, but it's really hard and heavy in that one scene for me. Apocalypse Now is a movie that I've only seen once or twice, and it's been a long time, and I've been meaning to rewatch it, so I don't have the vision in my head, but, like, I was looking at pictures. I think just, like, aesthetically, maybe, that's what he's... I don't know, but it's not the first time that... I'm sure it won't be the last time that Cage has taken a movie or a performance or an actor that he's loved and been like, okay, like I'm Humphrey Bogart in this movie now. It's like, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is when you do it. I think that was a smart choice, to be quite honest. Like when Cage shows up, I'm like, oh, thank goodness, because everybody is, for the most part, just a stuntman. Like they're not great actors. Like, I'm sorry, but like it is so stiff. Oh, yeah, like, Frank Grillo is the best version of that, and he's even, like, he's just passable. Like, I've seen him as the lead movies, I'm like, oh, this doesn't work. If you have him as, like, Cap's nemesis, right? Like, or you have just as a a heavy, it's like, yeah, he's great. Yeah. I was almost like, how did this guy end up in Captain America at one point in this movie? His line readings and stuff. But then when Cage shows up, it's like, holy shit, like it just flows from him. And I think it's because he was able to latch on to something and it was like that Dennis Hopper character. Okay, so like this movie is supposed to take place like in Burma, but like Apocalypse Now takes place in Vietnam. So I don't know if he just got like wires crossed or something like that as far as like connections and influences and stuff. But I think it works close enough. And I think it's smart of him to do these kinds of things where it's like, I'm doing uh spiritual impression of this character not even this actor but this character like I I love that about about this performance and about Cage so the wildest thing about this character I guess is that this was originally meant to be Bruce Willis what? The director, Dimitri, wanted Bruce Willis to do this, but in even weirder, because I didn't know this was a thing, Bruce Willis was locked into a three-movie deal with MoviePass, the now-defunct movie credit card, and he couldn't break that contract to do this. So I know that MoviePass tried everything. After like, hey, you know, we have this model that isn't wildly successful, but has been working, 35 or $45 a month. I paid that for years and saw a movie a day, right? It had this, and then they're like, hey, 10 bucks a month. I'm like, oh, this is the beginning of the end. And then in the 12 months before they burned through all of their money, they tried everything. And I know that they like set up a production studio, so I guess that's that. I don't remember hearing a deal that they signed Bruce Willis, but I guess that happened. But anyway, they wanted Bruce Willis. They couldn't get Bruce Willis, so they got Nicolas Cage. And it is just something. I, I can't see Bruce Willis in this at all, because like after a certain point, I haven't seen him really act in things. He just kind of He's a grumpy old man. I guess maybe that death, like the Death Wish movie was not great, but like he at least 
acted a little bit in that, right? Like, it's not like the latter Die Hard movies where, you know, Good Day to Die Hard or whatever, where he's just standing on screen, where it's just like, you cast him for Bruce Willis. But I can't see him in this, because, like, this is not Cage's best movie in the last couple of years, but, like, I think it's one of the stronger Cage performances. Yeah, and, and I also think it's one of the better Cage roles, to be quite honest. I kind of lose him in the character a lot, because it really, they sort of fit each other in, in weird ways. I'm sitting here going, like, he's, he can still be, maybe not the action star, but he could still be in an action movie, and yeah. he's pulling it off yeah. here. Like, it almost feels like Atomic Blonde, where, like, the other stuntmen are, like, helping Charlize Theron really sell her hits and stuff, but she knows her shit. And it feels like the same way here. Like, they're working within Cage's limits, and they're making him look amazing. And sure, they're going to cut between him and a guy doing, like, double backflips. But again, like, I think because of how he's playing it, it fits. It works. It's like, okay, I could believe this guy. He's almost like a master splinter. Damn it, me and then, dude, am I talking TMNT to you? Like, we got to stop. We have to stop talking TMNT on CCP. But like, you know, that's an old, older dude, but like, he could still whip out the moves, right? Like, he could still like kick your ass. He's like Mr. Miyagi. And that's the vibe I was getting from Cage, like a very Miyagi sort of thing. And I think a lot of that comes down to what we've seen. Like, he's never done a martial arts movie, really. I mean, he's done Outcast, but that's, I think, a little different. He's never really done, like, a true martial arts movie like this, and I feel like he's probably always wanted to. And I think there's just, like, a reverence that he has for the... I don't want to call it the source material, but, like, for the genre, for the medium. I don't think he's doing this one for a paycheck. I'm sure he got paid a fair amount for this movie. He's only on, on set for three days, I think. Like, this took six weeks to film. Really? And according, they filmed everything he did in the first three days, so... Whoa. There's one one shot where they're walking as a group like it kind of reminds me of the season of the witch kind of thing and i was thinking of you because you when we did keanu club you were like i know how keanu reeves walks like there's like a certain kind of walk and there was one where like we saw from far away it might have been bogus journey or something we we're like that's not keanu like i could tell that the guy walking is not keanu here there is somebody who is supposed to be cage who looks like as little like nicholas cage as you or i but he's got like the same wig on it's just like that's very clearly and they cut to the front and it's, it's him because you know you see his face but i was like oh you're not even in like those scenes like it just whatever i don't have to be in i'm not in which good on you i just thought that was very funny yeah i picked up on that it kind of took me a scene to to think like wait that wasn't him kind of thing and uh like again like this movie has that type of spirit and i think that really kind of keeps it together for me in a lot of ways you know like i'm willing to forgive okay maybe they're, they're going too far with a lot of this camera work they're trying to be too flashy with a lot of the fighting and stuff like that like the story is getting out of control but there's a weird kind of spirit behind Behind this movie that I like and I kind of like latched on to and I really dug it by the end and sure like you know it's it's all these things we've said like Mortal Kombat on its own is a much better movie Predator is a much better movie I, I found it funny that the day this was released the new Predator was announced the Dan Trachtenberg Predator announcement came out but you know this is not the worst of the worst or anything like that like I would be hard-pressed to call this uh terrible you know um there's there's way more cage movies especially that I'd rather not watch yeah on my my obsessive letterbox ranking lists of both cage movies but also movies i've seen from this year and this is both like three quarters of the way down like it's not good like i don't think it's a very good movie but i think it's fun and it's passable i enjoyed most of it but i think there's also to your point dozens of movies worse that i've seen this year and dozens of nicholas cage movies like you know maybe 20 movies that he's done that are worse than this so what i like that i'm hearing from you is that color out of space did not ruin cage at the end of the day i was worried because between color out of space and him being my least favorite part of that movie and then everything we're hearing about the unbearable talent or whatever the where he plays himself that movie whatever it's called because i refuse to learn the name because i'm terrified of it and also just you know him playing tiger king i'm like oh he's leaning into that meme of himself but here this felt like maybe not classic cage but this felt like mid-2000s cage where he's still like serious about shit and not in great movies all the time but like we know that it's a reliable performance yeah 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 i i definitely didn't feel like the production depended on him right like that maybe was kind of where color out of space was sort of leaning into where it's like oh we got nicholas cage like let's make it about how crazy and eccentric like he can be and, and like all this other stuff coming up about him playing himself and all that i could understand like he's folding in on himself to a degree sometimes but here i think it's proof that like i don't think we need to worry too much because he's got like kind of i don't want to call it old reliable things but like he's got these other modes like yeah i think that's just what it comes to right like he could go up and down this chart uh and i think it's maybe like this mainstream stuff that is the more sort of 
problematic when it comes to his image. And it's these sort of direct-to-video or like independent releases where he feels more free to keep experimenting and things like that. So I don't know if that's part of it, but that's where I come from. No, I think another part of it is something that we've been talking about for a while, that he's willing to take kind of a backseat here. Like, he's top build on Letterboxd, and he gets the and Nicolas Cage credit here, but he's not the star of this movie. Like, he's he's the name that people attach to this movie. I think he's probably the biggest face on the poster, but he does not have to lead this movie. He's able to be kind of like that Snowden role where he's like the mentor, right? Like, he fights. It's not like he's just behind a desk in Snowden, but he does a thing here, and it works because he's not asked to carry, you know, not, that, not saying that, like, 55-year-olds can't lead movies because Tom Cruise is almost that, right? But, like, other than Tom Cruise, 55-year-olds are not really asked to lead action movies. And I don't think they should be, because I think, you know, it's kind of a young man's game, right? So I think the fact that he is willing to put his ego in check or something makes this movie better and, you know, as a, as a Cage movie, makes us a pretty good one. Yeah, I agree. And, like, I think you're right. And, like, I think we're also moving more back into sort of like the beefcake era of action stars like we got the rock and stuff again and like you know he's getting up there in age but he's not slowing down at all right so like it's doable it's just i feel like it's a generational thing you know it's like for his generation you're just not expected to still be running around like jumping from building to building but he could or at least he could be portrayed as doing that on screen if it's not him if it's all done with like stunt doubles and it's still I still buy it from Cage like he's still able to sell that stuff better than I think maybe even Bruce Willis in his new diehard commercial for a car or something like that I want to talk about his death scene, but before we get there, I want to get to the part where, like, he's kind of got two big scenes. It's like when he appears, there's like a 10-minute chunk, and then there's the fight, there's kind of like a 10-minute chunk. He's like a little bit, but, like, most of his stuff are two kind of bigger scenes. And in the first one, he asks for food. He's like, you know, like a noodle or pickle, and then somebody finally offers him food. He's like, yeah, I could eat. It's like, dude, you just asked for food. Like, don't say you could eat. Like, you asked for them food to give you food, but I thought that was very funny. You know, like a noodle or a pickle. Like, okay, cool, all right. But that fight at the end... This maybe wasn't explained. He extracts or he takes out this, like, seemingly special sword from a box. And it seems like that sword makes you invisible to the alien, to Brax, to Drax, to Grax, whatever his name is. Oh, okay, because I thought it was the fire. Like, I thought there was something about, like, the heat signature. I don't know. I have no idea. You might be. I have no idea. That's why I'm I'm asking because I do not know. Because there's one part in the movie where he's standing in front of, like, a fire. It's just like a pyre of it in the middle of a room. Because I guess they're at the temple. And this is late. This is with Jake Jitsu. It was the only time it occurred to me where it was like, yeah, why haven't they, like, figured out... Or I guess they couldn't know he only sees in, like, a heat signature. However, like, he's out there during the day. This Brax character's out there during the day, yet the sun's not fucking with his, like, vision. And yet he's in this temple, and this fire gets in his face, and he suddenly... He can- I'm like, this is this is wildly inconsistent. Like, Brax needed, like, a clear-cut weakness, because I'm still not sure. I think he's going to be back, right? Like, he seems, like you said, immortal or something like that. Well, I also don't understand, to that point, how you really beat... Like, I know that they put the grenade in his stomach, but they sent him through, but, like, they were like, okay, you got you to wait for the timing it's like did they just have to wait for the portal to be open like is he unbeatable because they also say something about like when he's healing it's time to strike but they try that earlier like i don't know what his weakness is or how you beat him yeah it seems like he's unkillable to me because he gets he gets killed like early on and then he reforms and i'm like all right he's just he's like he's like an organism or something like he's like a venom type thing like you just can't kill this thing like he's just gonna come back and back and back so i think like what needed to sort of be maybe like a like a ticking clock needed to be be laid down or like something needed to be done where it was like all right look like he's after us we have to get to the portal before it closes and kick his ass back in there instead they just wind up at the portal in the temple and it just starts opening during their fight like they didn't time that it just seems sort of coincidental but it also felt like it should have been part of the main plot like the ticking clock you know like let's get there before he kills us and before this thing closes and before the comet is oh yeah the comet what the fuck who cared about the comet too many elements flying around here to keep track of well because they also have the comet they show the comet in the sky earlier in the movie and i'm like is that a spaceship like what are i guess it is kind of a spaceship because it carries the alien but like nobody seems to be giving a shit did it carry the alien because i thought the alien came through the portal but that's like that would make more sense if he just had a ship in orbit and they somehow like how cool would it have been if they like shoved the grenade in in him in brax as he like teleported to his ship and then the ship explodes in orbit and then you know you know for sure he's gone or something like this thing needed to be a little more streamlined i think the comet 
brings him, but I don't know. Maybe it's like a two-way portal, and like the one portal is on the comet, and he walks through that to the place on Earth. But I don't know because the movie doesn't it doesn't really explain it. Well, I'll tell you, he doesn't walk through that portal at all because they show him at one point, and he is running full speed, like superimposed on top of that CGI portal, just running as fast as he can, and then he like appears in the temple. Yeah. Is this like a flashback or something from when he arrives? Like the movie kind of catches up with itself, where Jake from State Farm, Jake Jitsu, like falls off a cliff and gets Jason Bourne syndrome. But like, we see how that happened and he is like a coward, I guess. He like ran from Brax when he showed up. But at the end there, Cage and Brax kneel in respect for one another. Cage at one point does like a reverse bicycle jump kick. Apparently the the secret of jujitsu that Cage says, remember the one thing you always have with jujitsu leverage which feels like isn't ever applied but it kind of is applied when it feels like brax is like holding him toward him oh it no it's the cage fight where brax banes cage where he like yes, takes yes. him and like breaks his back over his knee right like like bane did to batman in the 90s he does to cage here and so it feels like that kind of thing where he's trying to like pull cage down and essentially break his entire back but cage i guess uses that leverage to like push off and do this kind of like almost like Liu kang the kick through the air like the bicycle kick through the air. it's just the bicycle kick but like, he does that like sort of slow motion backwards and like gains the leverage but other than that like i don't understand i don't know where the leverage fits in no i i didn't pick up on that either most of the jujitsu stuff i sort of dismissed immediately i just wish that they had sort of come up with like a like a secret form of martial arts that never existed like brax jitsu or something i don't know what you call it you know when i realized after how important that became that the brax alien isn't even seemingly using very much jujitsu because he's got all these weapons and, and stuff and from what i understand it's a very sort of close combat thing like i'm not an expert either so I don't know. That got me very confused, but I did. I did enjoy like the Street Fighter Mortal Kombat moves. Like it seems like like he was doing like the Guile flash kick at a couple times. Cage was doing like he he was doing some supernatural shit at in at sometimes. So I I really enjoyed that. How that cut together pretty well. I loved the Bane reference, like breaking his back. It, like that. Like for me now, like it came to your mind. Like that is forever ingrained in my yeah. mind. Like reading com- again another sort of '90s comics reference. Maybe I don't know. But then Cage gets the ultimate he gets the the big old throat slit from ear to ear (laughs) and it's almost like ceremonial he's like almost offering himself by the end of this fight or the middle end of this fight it reminded me of the end of john wick 3 where it feels like the alien has such respect for cage where the two guys who were fighting john wick were like no like we don't want to just kill you like we want to be a good fight so they're like letting him regain his composure right because at one point brax literally gives cage his sword back it's like here you go like let's let's reset it's like oh okay that's kind of cool round two so he gets the sword back and then cage at one point i think like kneels down like, i don't remember like it feels like he's almost allowing him to commit seppuku or like harikari or whatever right and then just like no just gets the ceremony like the, the throat slit i'm like oh Okay, sure. Yeah, unclear. But I think it was supposed to be more like Cage has this remorse for not going down in the fight six years ago. Like, we never find out exactly what happened. Maybe the portal closed up and Brax just went home without his trophy. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? We never get to that. But it just felt to me in a way that Cage's character was like righting a wrong or something. Like, he's like, now is the time where I must die. It's just more madness. Like, how crazy that this like you know for this movie to sort of crescendo in a martial arts duel between nick cage and as he calls him the spaceman (laughs) insane like this is this is exactly what i needed this year and then we get the least surprising reveal i think just because it's like yeah of course it is that (laughs) that jake from state farm is actually nicholas cage's son we get one flashback of them i guess doing jujitsu like in a cave it's not nicholas cage but the guy that they cast as nicholas cage does not seem like wildly younger and yet jake from state farm is probably like 20 years younger so it's like i didn't understand it but uh yeah like it's just like oh yeah okay like not like what was it a score to settle where joey was dead the entire time it's like what wait what hold on what <laughs> like this is just like oh yeah okay like if you want like a shocking third act reveal it's like yeah okay sure so that was like the the lamest most tacked on i am your father type bullshit i was like of course they're gonna do. like i laughed so hard out loud with that and I, I think after i just went why like it's just so perfectly dumb to be like oh and by the way he was your dad and he's like oh yeah of course and i think they grabbed cage's double who was playing younger cage or maybe. something but i i think that's also the guy who was doing a stunt walking in the earlier season that would make maybe sense they just yeah grab the same dude 
Okay. Do you have any other notes about the movie? I want to go through because I don't know if you'll I don't know if you'll remember. It's been a while since we did one of these, but I have the list. I have our list of Nicolas Cage Cage Club Bingo, where we have to go through and see how many of these things actually apply to this movie. But is there any other notes that you have about this that you want to talk about? Oh, the one thing I thought was cool was they had the um, like the old couple from beginning to end. Like in the beginning, the old couple dumps Jake Jitsu off at the army base, right? And she's speaking with and there's subtitle and the guy's trying to translate and he doesn't understand the subtitle were pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And I also liked how they came back later to help and they were actually useful. It was like, oh, look, old people. Yeah, she fires a machine gun like she's Helen Mirren in red, right? She just like blowing dudes up. Yeah. So I thought that deserved a shout out. And then I'm just looking at the cast list here. Did you know that Rick Yoon was in this movie somewhere? Oh, yeah. Johnny Tran. I was, I was about to say that. Yeah, 100%. Okay. 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 I figured you did, but like I didn't see him in the movie or if I did, I didn't recognize him. So he's in like two scenes. Okay. So I want to talk about the cast for a second because I thought the, the first thing, the weird thing is that I thought the guy who plays Jake from State Farm looks kind of like Frank Grillo. And I'm like, it's weird to cast like a, a Frank Grillo lookalike in a movie where you have Frank Grillo. He also kind of looks like Jeremy Renner a little bit. Like kind of if you're making a, a B-list or C-list movie or whatever, you get him, right? Instead of you don't get Hawkeye, you get Alan Moosey or whatever. I also want to give a shout out to Tommy Walker, who we chatted with very, very briefly on Instagram. But he was also, he was that like muscly blonde guy in the beginning of the movie, but he was also on the boat in Primal. Oh, cool. Okay. He was another military guy there. But yeah, so Rick Yoon plays Captain Sand. Rick Yoon, aka Johnny Tran, the villain in the first Fast and Furious movie. He is not in the main group. He might be, and I'm unclear, but at one point, they're like, Brax wants to fight nine of us. They're like, why are there only eight? It's like, well, something happened to one of us or whatever. And I don't know if it's him or not, but he's, I think, the first guy who, like, Brax burns. Like, he fights Brax in the woods. And then he comes back later, and he's got, like, the burns on his chest, and he's, like, treating that, but he feels feels like of their group but not in the group if that makes sense like i think he's in the, the wider military thing but not one of the nine maybe that are chosen to fight brax at the end uh, it makes sense for this movie that like he might have at one point been written as one of the group but then at another point then it had to have been shifted into the military but like they maintained his fight sequence or, or his death or whatever like because yeah at some point the military just gets eviscerated by brax or, or like they go out after him and you know you're like okay like he can withstand bullets too and i mean like yeah because i would have loved to have him more because he's also in Alita Battle Angel, which we just talked about on Too Fast 2 Forever, but he's like very, very minor. He's got like two lines. He's in that like hunter warrior bar or whatever. He's just a guy oh, okay. in there. But he looks, looks like Johnny Tran and it's weird because like he doesn't, like he looks older, but he also doesn't look older. And this is now 20 years essentially since the first Fast and Furious movie. So, I mean, he just still looks, he looks like Johnny Tran. Like he just, he looks awesome. Like he's still in great shape and just like a badass looking dude. And I wished he was in it more. Like it would have been cool. Like there's so, nine is so many people to have. Just stick him in there, right? Like we don't, you know, we don't need some of these other people. Like, just put them in there. Yep, totally agree. Any other notes, any other thoughts about jujitsu? No, I'm just very glad that this is out and available and was able to watch it. I mean, I feel like this one, we've heard of more production news for longer amounts of time than any other stuff that that's sort of like been cooking I feel like I've been hearing about this movie for like three years or two years or something as opposed to like you know the one where he plays himself or like the one where he's like a um, overnight janitor at like a you know pizza parlor haunted pizza parlor maybe I don't know like I feel like this has been cooking for a while so like it was great to finally see it and have it out and it was a blast so you know fingers crossed that we can watch Crudes 2 at home this year too that would be great get another episode in we will see. I mean, if they're putting Wonder Woman and if they're putting Soul on streaming, like, Cruz, what are you doing? Like, you gotta... Or, you know, I feel like there's also now that for bigger movies, like, Universal has made deals with both AMC and Cinemark about how to get movies from theaters to home video quicker, but it feels like there's other movies that are going to theaters in, like, three or four weeks later, they're on VOD. So if not this year, maybe January, who knows, but it feels like they still want to have that, like, pomp and circumstance of, like, a red carpet, big screen debut, and then they're like, oh, right, nobody's nobody's seeing this. Like, let's just, let's put it out there. Yeah. I think we mentioned too, like this would have been the first Cage movie to hit theaters since he was in Snowden. And like, that wasn't even really a Cage movie. I mean, he was in it and it was in theaters, but like this would have been sort of not quite a comeback for him, but like, it would have been nice to have been like, oh, Nick Cage in actual movie theater. Like I would have gone to see this with my niece and nephew, or I would have dragged them to this. Yeah. Oh, also, by the way, this is the first ever, it's in quotes on IMDb. I don't know if it's because it's not really, but the first ever Hollywood movie ever shot on the island of Cyprus, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. All right. 
Let's go through this kind of quickly. Cage Club Movie Bingo, a Cage Club podcast network crossover. We just talked about it on Johnny Tran, yes. A woman is attacked. Uh, yeah, several. Okay. But they were badass women, so they fought back, right? Accentuating an oddly specific word? I don't think he does. Spaceman. Okay, but yes. Adaptation, yes, because it's a comic book. Airplane or airport? I mean, there's the spaceship or the comet, but I don't think there's an airplane or airport. No. I'm not even sure what year this is supposed to be. I'm guessing 2017, just like the same as the comic book. That's just my guess. I don't know. But also, yeah, I was like, where and when does this take place? Because it feels like there's future shit that just people are okay with. I don't know. An attractive woman finds Cage irresistible? No. I don't think so. No. Another movie plays in this movie? No. Awkward sex scene? No. Bad accent? No? No. Thankfully, he's not doing like an Asian accent. He's just being Cage. Bad CGI, for sure. Billiards or bowling? No. Cage compromises a woman? No. Cage cries? No. Cage dies? Yes. Yeah. Cage drinks alcohol? I can't remember. Were they drinking something? Feels like he should, but I don't remember him doing it. Cage drives? No, there's no cars. Cage eats? Yes. Yes. Cage freaks out? Not really. I guess you could say the main Dennis Hopper moment, but he's not really freaking out. He's just explaining stuff in a rush. Yeah, because he seems like, I think that's kind of why it works. Like, he's he's pretty level-headed. Cage grunts. Oh, yeah, well, he's, like, doing his fighting and stuff, for sure. There's some epic grunting. Cage has a visible tattoo? No? No, but they bring up early the fact that Jake Jitsu has a tattoo, and then you see, like, his squad all have the same tattoo, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, they never do anything with that except, like, oh, you have that tattoo also? Okay. Cage in jail, no. Cage is a producer. It's not Saturn Films. There's a couple different production studios, but no Saturn Films, I don't think, right? Nope, nope. Cage is exasperated or a broken man. No, not really, I don't think. I wouldn't consider him a broken man. He seems pretty okay. Cage on screen with an animal, no? I don't recall seeing any wild animals in this movie. (laughs) Cage on the phone, no. Cage shirtless, no. Cage top build in the credits, no. Cage laughs maniacally, no? I don't think so. Cage shaves, no. He's got a good good beard in this smokes or yeah. does drugs he smokes cigarettes and i think weed at one point too so yes he stands on something weird he's on the piano at one point at one point get off my piano <laughs> cage starts running not really cage steals something no stutters or hesitates cage stutters or hesitates no cage voiceover no cage wears a hat yes the newspaper hat great hat oh, right that's right cage works out no character has multiple names does Cage's character have multiple names? No, right? Just Wiley. I didn't even pick up on his first name, yeah, so... Crazy Eyes? No? Or yes? Oh, you don't think he's got crazy eyes? I think he's got... I think they're pretty crazy in this movie. Yeah, he puts on his, his uh, jujitsu eyes. Okay. Dancing. Is there dancing in this movie? No, I don't think. No. Dramatic tonal shift. I would say from military movie to samurai, kind of, yeah. There's definitely a shift where, you know, it trips you up and you get confused for a while. Elvis or the Beatles? No. Explosions. Are there explosions in this movie? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Brax explodes at the end. Extreme facial expression, maybe? I mean, they don't really, like, do a close-up of his face and him, like, contorting it or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure in battle he's making some strange faces, but they're not easy to discern. Flashback, yes, to the beginning of the movie. And also to him training his young son. (laughs) Gambling, no. Gif-worthy scene, yes or no? Him getting his back broken by Brax, maybe? I mean, the movie definitely, you can mine this thing for, for a couple frames and stuff, but I'm not sure which one of Cage's, you know, maybe him putting the hat on? Putting the paper hat on? Maybe, yeah. Like, time to party or whatever, yeah. Will that be the... That might be the photo for the episode. Uh-huh, 100%. <laughs> Gold, no. Helicopter, no. Holiday setting, no. Las Vegas, no. Magic mysticism, yes. Yeah. Montage, no? No, not really. New Orleans, no. Nudity, no. Overreaction, not really, because, I mean, it's an alien that wants to kill everybody, right? So I don't think people are overreacting, yeah. if anything. Overt sexism, no? You know, no, no. I mean, we don't even get a gender of Brax. It would be cool if he was just like a, if he was a she, right? That's just like a badass lady alien. But because the mummy eyes, the double mummy eyes, you know, the mummy was a woman. So, you know. That's what got me thinking. Yeah. Fruit or bunnies? No. Like peaches or bunnies? No. Red sports car? No. Religion or spirituality? Yes. School? No. Singing? No. Someone makes a threat. The whole movie's a threat, basically. 
Oh, I could have loved him singing at some point in this movie. Someone plays a musical instrument, they play the piano with their feet, kind of, a little bit. Not, you know, but I'm going to count it. Someone returns from another cage film. We got Tommy Walker there, so that's number one. Subtitles or non-credits text. Yes, the stylized subtitles on screen. The beach. Do they ever go to the beach? I mean, they're on an island. Cage got him out of a river, right? Pulled him out of a river in a boat, so I don't know if there was actual, like, shore or anything. I don't like think that. so. Time jump. Flashbacks. I don't think we can count that for flashbacks and time jump. I think that's... Okay. No. Titular line spoken. Yeah, people say jujitsu. Twin Peaks connection. Is there a Twin Peaks connection in this movie? Hmm. A portal to another dimension? Does that count? I don't... <laughs> another dimension? Another dimension. Another dimension? Wacky wardrobe? I mean, the, the newspaper hat is pretty wacky. Yeah, and just his whole Dennis Hopper gear, so... War, I'm going to say yes, and X-Files connection, I'm going to say yes, because, you know, alien, right? Aliens, yeah. Only 26. Grand Isle at 35, Colorado Space at 36. So this is only 26. This is a, a much more tempered Nicolas Cage movie, which is maybe why it worked better. I don't know. Could be. You know, it's funny. I was doing, uh, I, I was guesting over on High School Slumber Party for Brian's Valley Girl episode, and he was remarking how much of the Cage Club bingo seemed to sort of originate from that movie. I was like, well, we may have gone back and realized that far early on, he had all these little things in his bag of tricks, you know? Like, there is so much referenced in that movie that we came to love and sort of pick up on throughout his entire career. I'm glad you brought that up, because I just watched this week the Valley Girl remake with our girl Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day. I was expecting to hate it, uh, I did not hate it, which I was very pleasantly surprised by. What I thought was going to be the movie Saving Grace is actually what I hated the most. Like, the jukebox musical of it all, where they're singing 80s songs, like, didn't work for me at all. But obviously, Jessica Roth is amazing. Tree from Happy Death Day, she's just great. Uh, the guy that they have as the Nicolas Cage as the Randy role is pretty okay, pretty likable. I liked him. There's stuff about it I don't like, but there's, like, a Nicole Byer cameo, which is pretty fun. Uh, Julie's parents, like, remember in, the, in, in Valley Girl, like, you, I mean, you just saw it, how her parents have that, like, health food store or whatever, right? And they're like, amazing like her parents in this movie are rob hubel and judy greer and they're amazing again and so like the movie is still really good i mean it's, it's romeo and juliet right i mean the story is still really good because it's romeo yeah. and juliet whatever i think for something i was worried about because it's finally streaming for free on epics i mean i know that people don't get epics or whatever but like i was like i don't want to spend money on this movie but like it's free on epics so i watched it on epics and you know i was so nervous because that movie is so the original is so good and one of you know gets cage's first leading role right like it's his third movie or whatever and i was just so apprehensive about it but i want to say it out there if people are hesitant about watching the new valley girl don't be i think it's there's fun to be had it's not great but you know the story still works because it's romeo and juliet right so nice i might check it out now because i definitely was uh, scared away from that as soon as i saw it <laughs> existed i was like i don't i don't think so but after hearing your review i might give it a shot yeah because i mean you know jessica roth is just so great like she's wonderful right so a movie that stars her and has like chloe bennett in there like a bunch of people that are just i like from other things like absolutely yeah so give it a shot all right all right, next episode, maybe Croods 2, maybe Prisoners of the Ghostland, maybe Wally's Wonderland, maybe Pig. I don't know. There's a bunch of things that it could be. I don't know for sure what it's going to be, but at some point, but I'm just glad that we had one this year. Exactly. Me too. Like, I'm just so glad that we got this one in at least, at the very least, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get a couple next year too. I mean, look, one a year, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine. Like, one Cage movie a year is like two and a half regular movies. <laughs> yep. someone else, you know? So, like, it's great. It keeps me going for a while. Yeah, and we had, like we did earlier this year, like right before quarantine began, you and I and Chris Podcast all sat down and we did Color Out of Space, but that was a last year movie, but this is officially a 2020 release, so thankfully the streak continues, and that's just, that's the most important thing. Any other thoughts about anything, or we want to close up and come back whenever it is next time? No, I think we should, uh, let's let's close it on up, and yeah, see everybody soon. Do you want to plug your show, your new show, your brand new show? Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks for reminding me. Check out The Monsters That Made Us over at cageclub.me. Dan Colon and myself are watching all of the original 31 Universal monster movies. It is the beginning of our monster movie journey. We're starting from there, and um, we're going to go through all the Universal stuff and then see what happens next. But I would be perfectly content watching and talking about monster movies for the rest of my days. At least until you and I figure out what we're doing next now that Cruise Club, Hangs for the Memories, the Tom Tom Club is officially closed for now until new movies uh, for them come out, you know? Uh, so, yeah, check me out over at the Monsters That Made Us. We got Elvis. We still got to figure out Elvis. Elvis is still kicking around. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'd love to jump back on that train for sure miss elvis just go to cageclub.me slash shows and poke around if you're if you're out there looking for more of us more podcasts cageclub.me slash shows including mike's brand new one monsters that made us 
For all things Cage Club, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, mailbag at cageclub.me. Come back next time, whenever it is, for whatever it is, right here on this feed on the Cage Club Podcast Network. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time right here on Cage Club. Thank you.